Hi, Rob McConkie here. Welcome to another episode of Postcards from the Bush. I'm calling Season 2, The Happy Hacker Goes West. Yes, this golfing tragic is playing in the Outback Masters. Between games in Charleville, Quilpie, Blackhall, Hewenden and Longreach, I'm meeting up with some of the folks, the artists, the farmers and the townspeople and so many more. Hope you'll join me. Barnes, we're sitting in your gallery at Coolpie. We're overlooking a, a, a small dam. There are guinea fowl outside. What brought you to to Coolpie, Lynn? I was just um, not long out of school, and I'd gone to the Gulf Country as a governess. And uh, my great friend from school, Kathy Rutledge, um, said, "Oh." Mum needs a governess. We're, we don't have a governess for our little sister. And so I came to Quilpie as a governess. What property were you governessing on? Uh, Mobile, which is now Mobile Homestead, the uh, farm stay. And uh, so I worked for Barney and Helen Rutledge and taught their little their, their daughter Mary. And what were you teaching them? Was it distance ed or did you have school of the air? How did you do it? It was uh, distance ed and, and school of the air. And, oh, look, Robin, I was an appalling governess. I had no idea of how to teach. But the only thing I did, um, I, I loved reading, and I, and, and I tried to impart to Mary the value of reading. And I've, I have read the uh, trilogy of Lord of the Rings out loud three times in my life, and um, one was to Mary Rutledge. And then I read it to my own sons when they were small. So um. I was talking to a friend who runs an organisation called the Child Rights Fund. And she said reading to the children is one of the most important things to do because it shows you actually care about them. Well, yes, I, I think that's probably right. And, and the thing is that, you know, it's, it's great for the child, but you're reliving your love of that yeah. particular story as well. But... Uh, yeah, so I mean, I was not great with everything else, but I, I think... Um, How did you cope with the isolation? Well, I was pretty much used to being isolated because even though I'd, I'd um, come from Wollombilla, which is, you know, pretty much urban compared to Quilby, but, but still those were the days where we had gravel roads and, and all that sort of thing. So when I was a kid, um, you know, we only went to Roma twice, you know, a few times a year because of it, it for, sh- for the odd shopping expedition. So I was used to some sort of isolation. Mm. And, and, and those were the days too when I grew up. There weren't, you know, we had party line phone and all that sort of thing. So coming to Quilby, I, was used to that sort of thing. And, and I must admit, I found Quilpie probably more social than, uh, than, than being at home. This is going back in the 70s. You had a really good social life? Oh, honestly, in the 70s out here, it was extraordinary. Like, you know, we, every, every station had um, staff back then. People had jackaroos and governesses and bookkeepers and what have you. And uh, so... You know, a great group of us, you know, 30 or 35 young ones, which is unheard of in Coopy today, but uh, we would come to town on, you know, once every so often and, and just have the best of times. And, uh, yeah, it was, as I said, it, it was just full of young people back then. And how long did you stay as a governess for? About... Um, two weeks. Oh, two weeks, <laughs> three, three, four, three or four years, but... 
that um, I moved from Mobile to Why Not and I, I taught the um, David and Tim Borthwick at Why Not. Did you do a better job there? I think so. I think so. By then I, I, I probably, well, they were back in the days when everybody smoked, you see, and I would, um, you know, sit in a corner and wave a ruler and smoke cigarettes, which was probably not ideal um, as an educator. But um, I, I think that, well, the boys got through. Um, and uh, But after that, I um, I took a job uh, at Australian Estates in Quilpie briefly and then moved to Thalungra um, as, a govern- as, a, as a station bookkeeper. And you were at Thalungra for quite a long time. And every time I mention your name, everybody mentions Thalungra and the good time 30 or so jackaroos had there. <laughs> yes, look, I was actually only at Thalungra for 12 months yes. because it was the last. Um, it, it was um, owned by Australian States mm. and bought by CSR. But it was great. We had um, oh, about eight jackaroos. And I think as the bookkeeper, I think we probably had upwards of 25 people actually on the books mm. um, we had fences and windmill experts and mechanics and and uh, it it's um it's a very it, it's a sign of the times really today to see these big stations now operating mm. with so, you know so few staff but yeah. uh yeah but no they were they were fun times and um and i still see a lot of the people today from from that era yeah. Yeah. Did you always want to be a bookkeeper in accounting? What did you want to do when you left school? Because I believe you went to school in Toowoomba. Oh, Lord, I never wanted to be an accountant. I have my accountant ringing me every week, threatening to flog me to send stuff down. But um, um, I'd always had an interest in art. And uh, when they, when, you know, people ask you what you want to be, and I told my father I wanted to be an artist or an archaeologist. And Dad was just absolutely horrified. He, uh, he said, well, can't you be a nurse or a receptionist or something? And uh, so I'd always had... I'm, I'm glad I didn't go down the archaeology um, path because um, I um, look at history programs now and think, ooh, that's a bit intense and, and you know, just brushing away lots of dirt of small things. But um, I... Um, no, I've, I've, I suppose I've found what I really wanted to do late in life. When did you find out... When did you, because I know you drew as a child and your dad drew as a child, but when did you start painting? It was really when I came back to Quilpie in 1990. Um, the Quilpie Cultural Society had been formed in the mid-70s by a really uh, wonderful group of women, um, Shah Speedy, Beth Tully, um, Linda Edwards, had, had all got together and, and formed this wonderful group for something for women to be involved in that, as um, another founding member, Jill Pegler, said, something that didn't involve making sandwiches for polo. And uh, so they really pioneered the way of early arts organisations in Queensland. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and they, that was pre-government funding days. These women would raise money to attract um, artists, of all artists, potters, sculptors, um, to come out um, to Quilpie uh, to give workshops. And how far afield did the women come from? Well, all around the Quilpie Shire and beyond. Mm. These women would travel, you know, two and a half hours over rough bush roads to get into Quilpie to attend these seminars. And uh, they they would bring um, a number of different disciplines on a yearly basis and they would always try to have two painting workshops a year. So my first um, 
My first painting workshop was with uh, John Morrison, the watercolor artist, uh, watercolorist from Roma, um, who incidentally was my childhood dentist. Um, but um, it, it was Shah Speedy who said to me, "Oh, come on! If you you can draw, so come on, you can paint." Yes. So that's how I started, and I just loved it. And so I thought, well, this is something I can. I can be involved in for the rest of my life. What is it about the landscape that inspires you? Well, I think it's the um, it's many things. It's the it, primarily it's the colour, mm. um, uh, the colour of the, the landscape of Southwest Queensland is um, is it's constantly changing. You have your brilliant reds um, that you know in the early morning might be, you know, light terracotta by lunchtime. They'll be, you know, quite pale and then in the, in the evening light will be intense red. Um, so it, it's the, the varying, um, changes in colour. It's the skyscape. Um, you know, the, the, the breadth of sky and the cloud formations. And it's the light, of course, because that's essentially what all painting gets back to, doesn't it? It's the, it's the chasing of the light. And the drought and the good times, I mean, are they good to paint too, but all types of seasons? Oh, absolutely. It, it's so funny. If I paint this country in a good season, people are quite astonished and, and, and they're not, um, they don't respond as well to the greens, you know. Mm. I mean, I, I paint this landscape constantly as it usually is in an arid state and people love that deep, rich red. But, but Robin, um, something else I love to do is show the lifestyle as well as the landscape with, yes. um, you know, people having, having just the greatest of times. Um, you know, people at, at lunch parties or at races or, or, you know, dancing at a ball or something like that. I really do enjoy that. I love some of your really early work, which is portraits out at Brunet Downs. Now, you used to go out to the races there every year. Well, we did. Our boys, when they left school, went to the Territory and uh, worked for AACO, and we would go to the Brunet races um, on a yearly basis. And in, I think it was 2010, Bernadette Burke, who was then at uh, Brunet, asked me to do an exhibition at the uh, at the Brunette races. And uh, so I did, and I, I, for that exhibition I, I drew from my experiences going there just to, to um, um, show numbers of things that we'd experienced mm. at Brunette over the years. So that's where that series of pictures, the Brunette ladies of Brunette, came from. You've got the landscapes and you've got the people doing things, you've got the Brunette Downs, but you ran a very special exhibition um, about pelican now explain to me that exhibition well this has been my most recent exhibition and it was themed around the mary hannay foot poem where the pelican builds now i had learned that poem at my grandmother's knee and uh, and so i had thought it, it, it's such a it has such pathos that poem it's about two young men who left their went away from their family and went further west exploring now I'd always thought that the poem was associated with a place called Dundu which is south of Kulpi near Yulo which was owned by Mary Hannay Foote's husband and where he is buried I believe but I was relating this story to one of the Tully family Jess who's at our visitor center and she said oh no they left from Kongi which is a property in the Quilpie district and uh, and so I thought that was particularly pertinent to our area, and um, 
it uh, yeah it's just quite amazing i didn't realize that it was so close handy and so this um, exhibition is a series of images that they may have seen on their ill-fated trip mm-hmm. but how what actually happened was um, the grieving parents had told Mary Hannay Foote a couple of years after their sons disappeared um, about uh, about their loss and that's, she responded with this wonderful poem. Can you give us a few lines of the poem? Oh, yes. <laughs> um, it starts, The horses were ready, the rails were down, but the riders lingered still. One had a parting word to say and one had his pipe to fill. Then they mounted one with a granted prayer, and one with a grief unguessed. We are going, they said, as they rode away, where the pelican builds her nest. Thank you for that. This is Postcards from the Bush, and I'm calling this season The Happy Hacker Goes West. I'm Robin McConkie. Stay with me and enjoy. And I first knew of you when you had an exhibition near the Ecker, and um, it featured the Batuta pub. <laughs> oh yes, and, and, and it's so funny. The other day, someone came out through actually looking for that picture, but it was the best. That's what I love about um, collecting or thinking about having an exhibition. Um, Batuta had lain the Batuta Hotel had lain dormant for years, and. Uh, Anyway, an enterprising family have taken it on and reopened the thing. But I've always loved the landscape around Batuta. When I think of the Batuta pub, I think of the Batuta Advocate. Have you ever had anything to do with the boys that run the Batuta Advocate? Well, funnily enough, one of them's mother is a friend of mine and she was here on Friday night. (laughs) Tell us the story of these boys. Come on, a bit inside goss. Oh, look, it's just been the most marvellous thing. Um, uh, These boys have been out here and they have just been absolute, you know, uh, champions of our area and uh, and to think that Batuta could be put on the map I mean you know the B- Batuta Cricket Club and the, the Batuta Yacht Club and, the, and and all this sort of stuff and um, but they're just so clever at what they do and um, and they have been here to our races they've been to the Batuta races watch out Barnaby Joyce watch out Barnaby Joyce and also they make a great a, a great uh, brew in Batuta Bitter <laughs> but um, no it's lovely to think that that two clever young fellas can capture that larrikinism of the outback and and actually put Batuta on the map. And does the community embrace the the Batuta advocate? Oh, absolutely. I think it's got a a, a, um, a following with everybody aged from um, you know say 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 from twenty to forty. I think it's sort of that demographic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we first met one of the boys was a jackaroo on Nokatunga. I don't even know if I can use their real names. I mean, <laughs> you can use their real names. <laughs> no, well, when we all met Charlie at Nokatunga, and um, to think that he's gone on and he and he and his mate Archie have just done this wonderful thing. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's pretty um, yeah pretty exciting that the southwest is um, part of a cult um, a cult following. And you're painting at the moment? Oh yes, flat out. Um, I have a number of um, works to to finish in the next month. Um, several commissions, which is it's actually very nice. Um, uh, some artists frown on commission work, and they think that's not 
the thing to do. But it gives, you know, the great masters lived by commissions. I mean, they were commissioned to paint things. And what I, re- I love is, you know, people will go out, um, you know, go around, you know, in our area and further out, run Birdsville or in a Minka or somewhere, and capture an image that they truly love that reminds them of, that will remind them of their journey through this area. And they'll send it to me to paint. And I think that's a, a great honour because I'm painting someone's memory. I know the country. I've been, you know, around this area long enough. I've been most places and I, I, I you know, wouldn't presume to, to um, paint things that I, I didn't have a full understanding of. And uh, so I get a, quite a lot of that sort of work, which, which keeps me going. Can I go back to the workshops that you were doing when you were learning to paint you run workshops do you still run workshops in the books is there still an interest in the community that people want to paint oh hugely hugely so i um i do workshops locally with the quilpy cultural society teaching pastel i do workshops with children in the quilpy area teaching pastel and then i go further afield to places like st george i've got a little group in tibberborough um I go all over the place. But something that's interesting that's happened to me this last year is that um, um, friend, well, the, the Rutledges, who own Mobile Homestead, um, they're, they're running wonderful walking tours through the Grey Range and, and it just um, um, and, and, and groups, you know, at, for two or three days walking. And I've started going out and meeting the group at their campsites and we have an art class and then people take home a small painting of the where they've been walking. And uh, most people say, oh, I can't paint, I've never painted. But everybody comes away with a painting that they, of their own of the landscape that they um, particularly, you know, were impressed by. So, Lynn Barnes, I think I might meet you at one of your workshops. Thank you very much for your time. It's my pleasure, Robin. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed our chat. Please subscribe to Postcards from the Bush with Robin McConkie and join me on the next adventure in The Happy Hacker Goes West. (laughs) 